Hello, and what is up, everybody? It's me, Marty the Meat Man here, your host of Cross Court Coverage, your all-NBA Celtics-focused podcast, proudly brought to you by Primetime Productions. Primetimeproductions.net on your local internet browser, or uh, you can find us, them, at uh, Primetime Prods, P-R-O-D-S, on Twitter, X, Elon's uh, forgotten love child. Um, yeah, Primetime Prods, Productions, uh, you know, pumping out content. Primetime Parlay uh, has kicked up and started off. Um, shout out to Poolside Pat and Tommy Bennett uh, for doing that. Big things. Hopefully they're winning y'all some money. If not, you know, even even if you see, you know, what maybe, maybe fade a pick. Maybe go, wow. That's a bad pick and just fade it. That's still advice. Um, And also, don't take it seriously. No gambling advice is actually telling you to do anything. Um, So just keep that in mind. These are all suggestions. No one's twisting your arm. But yeah, that is one of the many things that is going down. uh, Just released, coming around the corner from Primetime Productions. Uh, This week... In the NBA, as always, drama-filled, a lot of things happening, a lot of shakeups, a lot of different scenery for a lot of different people. Um, no free ads or anything like that, but shout-out to Salary Swish, Salary Swish, yeesh, um, .com. They have kept me completely updated on everything that has been happening throughout the whole trade deadline, honestly, all season. Um, they have a really comprehensive website that you know captures it all so honestly shout out to you know the people doing it right so salaryswish.com check it out if you need to follow a recent trade or look at you know cap hit or cap summary from move um, anything like that Uh, they also have contract details everything like that so this is how i keep my mbi knowledge at the uh, dopest deer you know because i yeah whatever um but before we get into everything that happened at the trade deadline, we're going to go through our normal course of actions here. First off being the injury update for the NBA. Um, update on Jared Vanderbilt, uh, who hurt his foot during the game against the Celtics uh, when he was cooking us. Honestly, if his foot didn't get messed up, he probably would have went off as bad or as crazy as Reeves and D'Lo was, were. Um, Vanderbilt, right foot, got surgery no it was a sprain um they're going to reevaluate him in about three to four weeks so probably a month out for him uh it's it's kind of a hit to the lakers which like we don't care let the lakers struggle um sucks for the guy though uh because vando has been a very consistent uh player for them regardless of the struggles with the team um you know he's been on the up and up at least minutes and stats wise probably since the turn of the new year. Um, so let's see how they adjust without him uh, for the next month. They're they're trying to climb. They're trying to get their way into the play-in or into the playoffs. Uh, and they're struggling. Um, but they got to figure it out. And if they don't, no love lost. No pain on my end. Um, another injury. Joel Embiid, um, he's the one who had surgery. On his left meniscus, they did decide to go the surgery route. They did not think that just resting it or doing rehab were going to lead to the quickest um, and fullest recovery. So they went with the surgery. Um, He will be out for four weeks and then re-evaluated. I do think it'll be a little bit longer than that. It might be pushing closer to maybe late March, early April. So honestly... If y'all can stay in the running, if you can get to the playoffs without Joel, why not rest him the whole time? I know I'm giving you advice, and I shouldn't be doing that for the 76ers, but like, I think the clear path here is, you know, he's already lost the MVP running, um, which again, unfortunate because of you know a lasting long injury rather than load management, but it is what it is. Um, he's already lost MVP. There's no point in him playing in the regular season. Like, there's just not. Um, I mean, maybe there's some incentives that he hasn't hit 
that are in his contract. And, you know, I don't know anything about that and he'll want to play. But if I'm the 76ers coaches and management, you wait it out. Let him get fully healed. Let him get back to healthy. Let him, you know, I don't know. I, I just think with an injury like this and with how many nagging injuries he's had in his career, give the guy some time off. He clearly is playing some of the best ball of his life. And if you let him get back to 100%, that's best for you going through the playoffs. But if you want to rush him back just so he can be back out there and you can get a better seed in the playoffs, that's on y'all. That's how and how all y'all decide to manage your team. Um, Another, I mean, like kind of, if I had to tier these, it would be Embiid, then this injury, then Vanderbilt um, in like playoff push uh what's the word i'm looking for playoff push uh jeopardy there we go um og ananobi surgery to remove bone particles in his elbow that sounds extremely fun um not particles fragments whatever same thing um but arthroscopic surgery to get the fragments out of his elbow um he is going to be out for around three weeks. So all these injuries, about a month, maybe more, um, to be reevaluated. It's a hit, especially after trading uh, Manuel quickly and uh, RJ Barrett to get OG on your team and how well he's been playing since he got there. Uh, it is definitely a hit to the Knicks. The Knicks are doing very well. Um, and actually, shout out to them. They also did very well at the trade deadline. Um, made one move, but it was the right move to make um for their team so again another guy who's hurt and you know their team is in the playoffs uh you know i think they're right now in the four or five seed in that area at least um and i don't know it could easily slip away in this kind of situation where you have you know your newest brightest star on your team i mean maybe julius randall will carry the team maybe the rest of them will step up, but it's a hit and it will be interesting to see how it affects their standings by the end of the season. Yeah. They're parked at four. They're at four right now, uh, currently on a one game losing streak. So more to come more to see with the status of the Lakers Sixers and Knicks playoff runs with some pretty critical injuries. Um, but the, that was it. The, that was, you know, I mean, big stories in the injury realm of the NBA, but that was it. Just three people to report on. Uh, there are updates for the All-Star Weekend. Yippee. I know we're all super excited. Um, or at least I'm trying. <clears throat> Tyrese Halliburton. Damian Lillard. Malik Beasley. Jalen Brunson. Lori Markinen. Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young. These are the names that will be competing in the three-point competition. Um, Tatum will not be making a return, which sucks, but honestly, his three-point shooting hasn't been lights out uh, this year or even as much last year. Um, But it is interesting to see. We have a couple uh, repeat champions, Dame Lillard and Carl Anthony Towns. Lori might have won it one year, or I'm just misremembering. Mean, he might have just gone to the final round. Um, but you got shooters. You got you have good three point shooters uh, in this competition. Um, some super young guys, some veteran guys. So it's a good balance of talent. Um, three point competition is always uh, exciting, unless you're watching Julius Randle do it. Then it makes children cry. Um, I'm I'm not making that up. His son weeped after watching his father brick 30 shots um so i'm glad they didn't put him back in the competition this year i know he's hurt but there was some sicko in the nba that was like "Ah, maybe we should do it again that'd be funny i know there was because i would have been that sicko i've been like yo guys let's get julius randall again that would be fucking clutch let's get ben simmons in here have him shoot in the three-point competition they should always have one guy in the three-point competition that just does not belong because they're going to be a first-round exit. Or they'll stun everybody, and then that's even crazier. The viewing factor of that, gold. Take that, Adam Silver. 
Take my advice. I give you so much. <clears throat> um, as for names in the dunk contest, we have Jaime Jaquez Jr. Or Jimmy Jacques, if you read it not in the way that you're supposed to. Um, but Jaime Jaquez Jr., uh, rookie from Miami, uh, has been a very consistent player, has been a pretty electric live dunker uh, in games. So hat tip to him. You know, first year in the NBA, makes it to the dunk contest. Um, Jacob Toppin of the Knicks um, will be in the dunk contest. I know that Obi Toppin did it a couple years ago, so this is kind of like a passing of the torch. Um, so a little bit of a storyline there. I don't think that Toppin won it when he did it a few years ago, but again, it's the all-star weekend. None of this matters. Um, Mac McClung is returning. He is defending his title of being a shit ass basketball player, but a good dunker. Um, he is this year representing the, uh, G league Orlando team. Uh, which is still the magic, but it's just a different, it's not Orlando. It's like Osella, Florida. It's like the Osella magic, but whatever. Um, so Mac McClung looks to guard his championship as the best dunker. Uh, the final contestant, an actual NBA star, an NBA all-star, an all-NBA player, an actual skilled baller. Jalen Brown has thrown his hat in the ring to compete in the dunk contest this year. Now, people are like, wait, Jalen Brown, he's just Batman. I mean, he's just Robin to Tatum's Batman. He's just the second banana. No, this guy has been throwing it down all fucking year. Any chance that he sees an open lane to the paint, he is going rim daddy. That sounds so awful. <laughs> he is going straight to the fucking bin. He is dunking the fuck out of the ball, and he has had some pretty sick live game dunks. Uh, so has Tatum, but Tatum less frequently. But JB, if he can do that in a game, I want to see what he can do in the prepared, you know, a little corny uh, props and setup situation dunk contest. Well, it'd be interesting to see if anyone from the team throws him an assist. It'd be interesting to see what props he decides to bring out. Does he do a dunk with Lucky? Who knows? Um, it'll be fun. Uh, it is nice to see a little bit of star power in the uh, dunk contest because, as I've said, it's been a lot of role players and G-leaguers and backup guys who have been doing it for the past few years, which, no harm, no foul. You know, If you can dunk and you can throw it down, hell yeah. Um, but it is nice to kind of bring it back to having a name that people expect to be a good player and having them represent that. But let's take this all with a grain of salt. If Jalen Brown doesn't win the dunk contest, this means nothing. It means that he threw his hat in the ring for fun and he lost. It, 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 that's it. It's a dunk contest. Who cares? Um, he opted into it. It's his choice to do it. Doesn't mean anything else. Um, if he does win it, it still means fucking nothing. He put on a good show. He went, you know, ballistic with his slams. But it still doesn't mean anything. Let's not try and say Jalen Brown is a good, great, bad, or awful player based off his performance in the dunk contest. Because, again, it's All-Star Weekend. It is all for shits and giggles. It does not matter. Um, what does he get? Like a, a lifetime supply of Starry or whoever the fuck is uh, sponsoring the event this year if he wins? Like, no. Um, knowing Jalen, if he wins and there's like a cash prize, he'll just donate it, um, which would be a win. That would be cool. Um, but again, it is the All-Star Weekend. It is the dunk contest. It don't mean a goddamn thing. Um, I, I just don't want to see people on the timeline like, oh, he got beat by scrubs. It's like, okay, cool. Scoreboard, look at the record. Look at the standings. Who gives a fuck? Look at his stats. Look at his season so far. Who gives a fuck? Um, let's keep it in check. Twitter people. Tweeple. <clears throat> uh, the skills competition 
has an interesting lineup. Um, they're doing a home team. So Indy uh, is hosting. So the home team of Halliburton, Miles Turner, and Benedict Matherin uh, versus the number one pick team of Ant Edwards, Palo Banchero, and Victor Wembenyama. That's a that's a fucking sick lineup. Um, not that the the indie lineup is bad, but I don't know if number one pick team doesn't win. There's that it would be it would shock me. Um, again, doesn't matter, doesn't mean anything. But um, the final, so this is a three team event. The final team is just team all stars. Which like, congratulate! Like, can we clap? Can we all collectively clap for Adam Silver and his creative teams? And their decision to just be like, uh, we have two teams and they're interesting concepts. One's a uh, home team and the other one is first overall picks. What do we do? All-stars. And let's add the all-star alternates. Not even the all-stars that everyone voted on. Not even the starters. Let's put Scotty Barnes, Trey Young, and then an actual all-star, Tyrese Maxey, on a team. Now, is that a stacked team? Yeah, it's a good team. Uh, will be interesting to see how they, you know, click together and do the skills competition. But like, there's so many other options. There's so many cool little storylines. Like, hell, I don't like the Antetokounmpo's, but like when they did the Antetokounmpo brothers last year, Giannis was hurt, so they put in Drew. Yeah, brotherly love. Love to see that. What happened to Drew after uh, that season? Hmm. He's on our team. Whatever. <laughs> I hope he's bitter. I I would be, but whatever. Um, but at least that was a creative idea to like put three brothers together on a team. Um, this is just like, uh, these guys are already here this weekend, so we'll, we'll use them, but whatever it is what it is. Uh, I do think team first overall pick will probably win. Um, I know that team Hallie is going to definitely try to win it in their own, uh, arena. And maybe team all-stars will make me sh- like, they'll shut my mouth. They'll be like, Hey, like we're actually like the best ones out here, but I don't expect that. Um, Scotty Barnes squeaked in, by the hair of his chinny chin chin and Trey Young, dirty lollipop motherfucker, also skated in by the hair of his chinny chin. Like they only got into the All Star game because people were injured. Like Embiid is a, leaps bounds and eons ahead of both of them in talent. And Julius Randle exists in the NBA. Um, I'd put him on the same playing field as Barnes and Maxi, but I mean not Maxi. Whoa, Barnes and uh, Young. But I digress. Speaking of which, uh, reserve replacements, I just said it. Uh, Trey Young replaced Joel Embiid slash Julius Randle. Uh, Scotty Barnes replaced, uh, same thing, Joel Embiid slash Julius Randle. Uh, Jeremy Sohan will be replacing Shaden Sharp in the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, Yeah, and I mean, that's your all-star update. The events... Uh, start on, I want to say Friday with everything. I think it's the Rising Star Challenge on Friday. Uh, then you have the skills comps, which is the three-pointer, the dunk contest, and the skilled team competitions on Saturday. And then you get your game on Sunday. Um, there are a lot of other events. I know that the NBA is putting on concerts throughout the <clears throat> uh, weekend. Um, I hope that it's all aired on NBA TV so that we can at least tune into everything that's going on in Indiana. Because, you know, as much as I don't care about the All-Star Weekend, it does seem to be getting to a better and better product every year. Maybe one day I'll care. We're, we're, we're inching our way there. But that's all I have to say on that. Um, so what is more exciting than All-Star Weekend? Sometimes watching paint dry, sometimes watching grass grow, but definitely the trade deadline. Um, there was a lot of movement February 7th and February 8th of a lot of players and a lot of picks. Um, we, I think in total, let's just pull this up because they did have it written down, but I think 15 teams in total. Let me, let me get the, Official numbers as Larry does what he does best. Um, salary swish, no free ads. Shout out to Salary Swish. Um, do, 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 
So, in total, 15 teams were involved, 31 players were traded, and 17 picks had changed hands. Um, That's a busy two days. That is a busy, lot of GMs, a lot of owners, a lot of coaches having difficult conversations with each other and maybe their players, hopefully their players. I hate when people, you know, just kind of like let people find out through Twitter. I'm sure in the next week or so, we'll hear from a few players that were just like, oh, yeah, I was taking a shower. And then I came out to a notification from Twitter that I got traded. Like, There's going to be one or two of them. It always happens. Um, but a lot of movement. A lot has, has happened. A lot of people changing places. Um, some expected, some unexpected. Some names that were supposed to be traded didn't get traded. So we're just going to run through this as quickly as possible but we're also going to give it some context and some analyzation um i would say that the trade deadline extravaganza really kicked off uh starting with the fontecchio leaving utah going to the pistons and utah getting kevin knox uh, Gabriel Procida. I'm not sure. He has $0 on his contract, so I'm, I'm sure he's a two-way player. Um, a second-round pick in 2024. Uh, there is a condition on that pick that uh, it's either the more favorable bowl between Washington or Memphis for that 2024 second-round pick. So, Jazz, moving cap space, send $3 million over to Detroit. Take on Kevin Knox, which is only 1.85, and get a second-round pick. Utah is rebuilding the rebuild. Um, they're trying to figure it out. And Danny Ainge over there. I got faith in Danny. He knows what he's doing, so let the guy cook. Uh, speaking of let the guy cook, the next trade, the Boston Celtics, Trader Brad got busy, sends over Lamar Stevens, a 2027 second-round pick that was originally Atlanta's, uh, and a 2030 second round pick that was originally Dallas's uh, over to Memphis for Xavier Tillman. Uh, Tillman on a $1.9 million contract. So technically there is like a $100,000 uh, TPE created by this trade, but that will not be used more likely than not. Um, and we move on from Lamar Stevens. Now, was I excited about Lamar Stevens at the beginning of the season? Hell yeah. But after watching, you know, half the year and seeing the rotations that Brad, uh, that Joe had, um, it makes sense that Brad said, hey, it didn't work, but we'll trade you away to a team that, you know, will give him an opportunity to excel. I think that he kind of just got lost in our depth. Um, he didn't, you know, perform to the level that other guys um, in the depth and like deeper in the rotation were performing. But I do not think that that is any knock on Lamar Stevens. I just think that we have a really, really good team. Um, he goes to the Memphis Grizzlies who are struggling, who just traded a uh, big man play um, in moving Steven Adams. So maybe he gets to play that power forward center, small ball center uh, role over there in Memphis and help them get some dubs while they have injured players and, uh, you know, just a, a a down season. So I don't I don't hate this move. Uh, we move on from two second round picks, which are absolutely garbage. Like I don't care about a second round pick. I know we have a million of them. I wish we moved all of them. Um, and we get Xavier Tillman, who is a good fit in what we need. We needed a defensive minded big man. Uh, we needed one of those guys who's just going to get you those uh, hustle plays. Those you know. Dirty rebounds, dive for the ball, blocks, steals. He's averaging a block and a steal the game. So, like, that just fits our MO. I can't wait for him to, you know, ball out. Um, he did miss his first game as a Celtic. He is day-to-day. Um, but when he does start, or not start, when he does play, um, I'm excited to see what he brings to the team. 
Um, and he also does bring that option of having, you know, if Al or KP or Al and KP are out um, until Cornette is, you know, fully back to healthy, he does get, he could get that spot start. Um, he is a solid enough player. Um, the next trade Detroit moves Monte Morris to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Shake Milton, uh, Troy. Troy Brown Jr. and a 2030 second round pick. Um, so the Timberwolves continue to do what they do best and sell their picks. Um, they move on from Shake Milton, who they signed in the offseason, um, and Troy Brown Jr., who I am not familiar with his game, um, to get, you know, a solid veteran point guard, shooting guard um, in Monte Morris. Uh for Detroit, I know that, <clears throat> you know, they're looking to kind of figure out and solidify the pieces around their young core. Um, there's a chance that Shake and Troy can help out with that, but they also do get a pick out of the trade, you know, which they seem to always have in their arsenal is a whole bunch of picks. Uh, do they necessarily all hit? No. That's why we see a team who only has eight wins, maybe even seven. Uh, not too sure. I can't keep track of how bad they are. I'm more busy watching how good we are. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, an interesting move. I think that the Timberwolves at the one seed are kind of just trying to shore up their roster. Um, it, it is a $9.8 million contract, so it will be interesting to see how that plays into their cap nightmare next season um but that that is still yet to be seen um <clears throat> let's see the pacers move on from a piece that they have talked about trading for many a year for quite a long time um buddy healed has seemed to always be in a piece in trade talks his whole nba career uh, whether he was on the Kings or whether he was on the Pacers, um, but never, never moved, usually signed in free agency or I guess like end of the season trades, off season trades, I should say. Um, but this is, this is one of those times where buddy changes teams in the middle of the year. Uh, he is going to the 76ers, the 76ers to get buddy healed in his 19.3 million dollar contract. Uh, have given up Marcus Morris, uh, Furkan Korksmaz, a 2024 second-round pick from Toronto, a 2029 second-round pick from the Clippers, and a 2029 second-round pick from Portland. Uh, so not moving any of their own picks. I don't even know if they have their own picks at this point. Uh, 76ers constantly wheeling and dealing, um, but actually do gain $3 million in cap space by doing this move. Uh, which is crazy when you're taking on a $20 million contract, you don't expect to uh, save money, but somehow they did. Um, it is of note that the Pistons, after acquiring, uh, no, they didn't. Oh, they didn't waive these guys. They they kept these guys. That's yeah. Um, no, they waived Cormats. I'm right. <laughs> uh, after acquiring Furkan Korkmaz and his five point four million dollar contract um they did waive him so they will pay that on the books but uh not against their cap hit uh he will be a candidate for the uh buyout market i don't know what interest exists for him oh they also got 1.2 million dollars in cash from the 76ers that is a, another piece of note i forget that you can just send money in these trades um but really uh, it's just stashing picks for later years um, and, you know, moving around cap. After you cut Corkmaz, you know, you do go into a positive $2 million cap hit. Uh, you gain some money from the trade. Uh, the Pacers are just wheeling and dealing and fish shoring up the back end of their roster or, you know, planning for the future or just making some money available for next year in the offseason. Uh, Yet to be seen what they are doing. Philly goes and gets a shooter, goes and gets a three-point guy, 
goes and gets a uh, someone who will ball for your team, someone who will you know be a good team player. I think it's a great move by Philly to get Buddy Heald um, and really just you know help that roster, especially now that Embiid will be missing. Not that they play the same position, but you know you need a team guy to be there and to help. And you know, ain't there's no love lost with Buddy Heald. He is a good player. He is a solid NBAer. Um, I, I like this trade all around. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Pacers do with all the picks slash money that they have freed up. Uh, the next move, the Toronto Raptors get Kelly Olenek and Oshai Agbaji uh, from Utah. So Utah continuing to rebuild the rebuild. Uh, they get Otto Porter and Kyra Lewis. Uh, and a 2024 first-round pick via OKC. Uh, the OKC pick does have a condition on it. Uh, Utah will receive the least favorable of the 2024 first-round picks from OKC, Clippers, Houston, or themselves. Interesting. Um, the Jazz free up $4 million in this move. Uh, and... It is expected that they will waive Otto Porter Jr. Uh, it is not yet confirmed, uh, but it is expected, you know, to free up another six point three million dollars. Um, really have some money in the offseason, commit to the tank. Uh Danny Ainge has a process over there, and he's gonna do as we got what he's gotta do. Um the Raptors, they take on Kelly Olenek, which is I believe an expiring twelve million dollar contract. Um, I, I think he might be a buyout option. We don't really know yet. Um, but there was rumor that he was going to be bought out before the trade deadline. Now there's rumor that he could be bought out again. I don't really see what Toronto is going to get out of him. Uh, they're a meddling team. They're trying to get in the playoffs, but they might just commit to being a lottery team at this point. I'm not too sure. Um, Let's see the next trade. This was an interesting one. Uh, this was money being moved and uh, opened up. It is Davis Beatrans Vasilji Vasilje Vasilji. I don't really know Michich, um, and Trey Man, a future second round pick and a future second round pick. Weird that it doesn't have a year on it, but whatever. Um, all these players go to Charlotte uh, and they leave Oklahoma and Oklahoma will receive Gordon Hayward in his $31.5 million contract. Um, you know, I mean, they only take on a $3.5 million cap hit um, and the <clears throat> Hornets free up $3.5 million in cap space. Um I'm just seeing if any of these guys ended up getting waived by the Hornets. It doesn't look as though. Um, just want to double check. Now they 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 waived other guys. They they wanted these players apparently, um, but we shall see. Yeah, none of these guys. Um, the Hornets are forever rebuilding. The Hornets really don't have an identity um, besides a shitty team with really really shitty people on it. Um, this doesn't move the needle for me. I don't think that Davis Petron's Trey Man or um, I don't I don't know who Michich is. Sorry, I'm not familiar with your game. Uh, Oklahoma gets a good play. I mean, a good player. Don't get me wrong. Gordon Hayward can play basketball. He is talented. Uh, he could be a starter for them, or they might you know switch him and Giddy back and forth as the starter. We'll see how they do it. Um, but you know, that three, that $31.5 million contract is really just ass. Um, they need to figure out how to restructure that if they even can, I don't know. Uh, but they're going to hit cap hell if they keep Gordon Hayward on the team, uh, with all the young players that they definitely have coming up for contract in either the next year or the year after that. Um, the next trade was between the Pistons and the 76ers. This trade literally means nothing. <laughs> uh, this was cash 
2024 second round pick from the Knicks and Daniel House Jr. all go to the Pistons. The Pistons waived Daniel House Jr. So this was just a let's get some money, let's get a pick. And the 76ers get a 2028 second round pick from Detroit, um, freeing up $4.3 million in cap space. The same for uh, Detroit by waiving uh, Daniel House. Uh, the 2028 second round pick from Detroit is protected if it is picks 31 through 55. So pretty heavily protected. Um Really just a, a paper transaction, just some money switching hands. Um, Detroit gets back on the phone and calls up New York now. Um, they send Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks over to the Knicks in exchange for Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, Quinton Grimes, and Ryan Arciacano. <clears throat> Uh, a 2028 second round pick from Phoenix. It is conditional. And a 2029 second round pick from the Indianapolis Pacers. Uh, the conditions on the second round picks uh, for the Suns, it will be the least favorable. What up? It will be the least favorable 2028 pick second round. But, 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 but. <clears throat> for the Suns pick, it will be the less favorable of the 28, 28 second round picks from either Phoenix or Indiana. Um, and for the Indiana 2029 pick, it will be the least favorable of the second round picks from Washington or Indiana. So the Knicks move around some backup players. Some, uh, I, I mean, moving on from Grimes was definitely a decision. Uh, I thought that he was exceptional. Uh, he played in the rising stars game last year. Um, you know, he's young talent and he's got a lot of future ahead of him. So I think it's a good get for the Pistons. Um, but they get some short up talent. Alec Burks, who has been a Nick before, um, will be a great depth piece uh, coming off the bench. Uh, and Bojan Bagdanovich, a good player, uh, was injured at the beginning of the year, but, you know, can pop off for 30 if he decides to. Um, the Knicks are really buying in. They're really buying into the team that they have and shoring up the talent um, and trying to really create that, I believe, eight to ten man roster that um, can make a deep playoff push. I don't know if it will, but I do think that they have the pieces um, and have the right mentality. Uh, it was nice to see the Knicks buy in uh, for once and not seem like a team that didn't know if they were going to be lottery or playoff. Um, and they're leaning playoff. They're, they're, they got this fourth seed and they're uh, really going for it. Uh, the Pistons, uh, from this trade, wave Ryan R.C. Diacano. Um, so freeing up some cap space there. Uh, they'll free up $2 million from the trade itself. Uh, they're keeping Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, and Quentin Grimes. Again, they're getting some young talent. They're getting some veterans. They're trying to figure out this identity of theirs. Um, I believe Evan Fournier is on an ex uh, expiring contract. Maybe they'll bring him back, uh, not on another $18.8 million contract, but um, maybe they'll bring him back as a veteran presence in their locker room. I don't know. Um, but they're just trying to figure it out. When you're at seven or eight wins on the season, and it's February, you got to try everything. And I appreciate them making a lot of moves. I've been asking for it all season. Um, and, they're, and they're switching it up. They're doing what they have to do to... Uh, kind of bury this season and at least gain something from it so they get some future picks they get some talent that could grow in the future in their system um a little veteran presence a great trade honestly from both sides um the next move <clears throat> the brooklyn nets trade spencer dinwiddie um which is like it's almost expected that Spencer Dinwiddie at some point will end up back on the Nets. He just seems to be traded from the Nets to another team and then traded back to the Nets or signed back with the Nets. Um, so I don't expect his absence to be too long. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie goes to the Raptors for Dennis Schroeder and Thad Young. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie's contract is $20.4 million. Um, 
but somehow the move frees up 47,000, which is barely anything in the uh, NBA uh, for the Raptors book. Uh, the Raptors then go on to wave Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, so it's actually a, a, a major uh, freeing up of cap space by the end of the season. Um, and the Nets decide to waive Thad Young. So again, it's kind of like a paper transaction. Uh, the Nets do keep Dennis Schroeder, which I don't really know what to make of that. He's up, down, and all around. He's sometimes a consistent player. He's sometimes a great player. He's sometimes a booty cheeks ass player. Um, and the Nets are very meddling. They are in and out of being a play-in team. And I, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad move. I think, you know. Sitting at 11, you have a, a decision to make. And maybe they'll be in the, I don't know, maybe they'll be in the buy-in market. I, I The Nets are a head-scratcher for me. I can't really speak to this. Um, My favorite. <laughs> my favorite two trades of the deadline happened back-to-back. Um, The Charlotte Hornets traded pj washington a future second round pick and a future second round pick i guess the years are yet to be decided to the dallas mavericks for grant williams seth curry and a 2027 first round pick it is dallas protected only if it is a top two pick um grant what the fuck happened? Apparently, all the reports, <laughs> all the reports say that uh, there was a lot of locker room talk that they did not like Grant Williams. Uh, you and me both, Mavs. You and me both. Um, people found him annoying or rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what I've always said about Grant Williams is that he has way too big of an ego for how mid he is at basketball. Um, he gets shipped out to the shadow realm. He he gets sent to hang out with the shit ass hornets. It's kind of just desserts. Um, after you know, us Celtics fans being punished by having to watch some, you know, get, don't get me wrong. Grant had some great games for us, and he had some good games for the Mavericks. But more often than not, he's a clown. He has way too big of an ego. And he ends up blowing it. It's not even like he, he he just has an ego and he doesn't produce. He actually throws games because he gets so confident in himself. Um, and as a fan of basketball and as a basketball player, I have to understand that that doesn't work with a locker room. If you think you're the guy and you, you just don't have the talent to be the guy, but you keep trying to be the guy and you blow a game like I'm a make both. You're out of here. You got to go. <laughs> you just got to go. So I don't blame the Mavericks in moving him. Um, new destination for Grant Williams. Uh, it's crazy to see that after his run with the Celtics for, what, three, four years, um, he has now been to two separate teams in only one season. Uh, cool story about this trade. Uh, Seth Curry goes to the Hornets. Uh, and if anyone knows their basketball history, Seth Curry will be wearing number 30, which is the jersey number of his father on his father's former team. Uh, Del Curry wore number 30 for the Hornets. So Seth's giving a shout out to him and Steph's dad by rocking uh, number 30 Curry at uh, Hornets again. So that's a little little tidbit, little fun fact. Uh very cool moment. It's got to be cool for both Dell, Seth. I mean, hell, even Steph's got to be like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I know that's why Steph wears 30 over in uh, Golden State. You know, uh, feel good. Feel good part to the the Hornets uh, acquiring Grant Williams. Uh, the next trade, second favorite trade, hands down. Uh, the 76ers acquired campaign and a 2027 second-round pick from Milwaukee in exchange for Patrick Beverly. 
<laughs> so one uh funny part the first funny part about this is pat bev is on yet another team uh at yet another deadline constantly traded constantly moved um it is what it is but uh the funniest part to me is that this seems to be the bucks solution to losing drew holiday uh they have drew holiday and they trade him away and they go from i believe like fourth or third in defensive rating last year to 20 something 21st this year um and and drew goes to the celtics and it's it's absolutely hilarious that they're just like oh well fuck our only missing piece is a defensive-minded point guard well that's what you gave up so it's kind of funny to see that your biggest need is the piece that you moved on just to get Dame. <clears throat> but I digress. Patrick Beverly on yet another team in what seems to be constantly every deadline, every offseason, he is on a new team. Um, and just the 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 hilarity factor from uh, the Bucks trying to fix their mistake in trading Drew Holiday. Um, let's see. Run through these ones real quick because it is what it is. Uh, the Pacers take Marcus Morris, who they just got earlier. They trade him to the Spurs with a second-round pick and $300,000 in cash to get Doug McDermott. Um, with that trade happening, it is expected that the Spurs are going to waive Marcus Morris. Um, the Celtics get back into the trade market. They get Jaden Springer from the 76ers for a future second round pick. Uh, Robin Lopez is traded to the Kings from the Bucks for an unknown cash value. <clears throat> the Celtics dive back in. They trade Delano Banton to Portland for a future protected second round pick. Um, Corey Joseph is traded from Golden State to the Pacers. The Pacers then waive Corey Joseph. Uh, along with getting Corey Joseph, they get a 2025 second round pick and $5.8 million cash. Uh, the 2025 second round pick is protected between picks 31 and 55. Uh, and for moving Corey Joseph, the Golden State Warriors will receive a 2024 second round pick uh, with the condition that they will get the least favorable of the 2024 second round picks between the Pelicans, the Bucks, or the Cavs. Um, let's see. A three-way trade, always exciting, did occur uh, between the Nets, the Grizzlies, and the Suns. Uh the Nets receive from Phoenix, Keita Bates-Diop, Jordan Goodwin, and a 2026 second-round pick. Uh, from Memphis, the Nets receive a 2028 second-round pick and a 2029 second-round pick. Uh, the Grizzlies in this trade from Phoenix receive Yuta Wananabe uh, and... Uh, Chimizi Mitu. They get a 2026 first round pick. And the Suns in all of this receive Royce O'Neal and David Roddy. Uh, I believe the Nets after this trade do release or waive uh, Jordan Goodwin. The Grizzlies do release uh, Chimizi Mitu. And I think the Suns keep Roddy and O'Neal. Um, Suns shoring up their bench depth for the playoff push. The Grizzlies get a pick and Wananabe, which I guess that's the replacement for Steven Adams slash um, Xavier Tillman. It is, it is what it is. I don't know what the Nets get out of this. I mean, they get Keita Bates, Diop, and two second-round picks. It's not that exciting for them. Um... Apparently, I didn't see this trade, but the Celtics jump in one last time, um, and I think it's a two-way player. 
they give an unknown cash value, which seems sketchy as hell, uh, to the Nuggets for a zero cap hit Ishmael Kamagadi, maybe. Um, I don't, I don't know the guy. I don't, I don't know his game. I don't know where he plays. Um, he's an unsigned draftee, twenty-three year old from France, six eleven. So, you know, seems like a prospect. Seems like a project piece. Uh, we'll see what ends up coming of him. The final trade at the trade deadline was between the Dallas Mavericks, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Washington Wizards. Uh, the Mavs received Daniel Gafford and his $2.4 million contract from Washington. Uh, the Thunder get a 2028 first-round pick swap. Uh, so the best option between the first-round pick of theirs and Dallas's. Um, and Washington gets Rashawn Holmes on his two, uh, $12 million contract. They also get the pick swap with Oklahoma. Uh, centers moving for centers never makes any sense to me. I guess it's just a scheme fit. I guess it's just a project thing. You give up a little bit of an older center, but he's on the same contract for a little bit of a younger center. Um, it is what it is, but just to run through it again, because a lot of these players were waived after being traded, uh, the Pistons, I got Daniel house from the 76ers. He got waived the Pistons get Ryan. R.C. Diacano from the Knicks, they waive him. The Raptors get Spencer Dinwiddie from the Nets, they waive him. Pacers get Corey Joseph from Golden State, they waive him. Jordan Goodwin goes to the Nets from the Suns, they waive him. Grizzlies get Shimizu Mitsu from the Suns, they waive him. The Grizzlies, who got Victor Oladipo for Steven Adams, waive him. Nets. Uh, got Thad Young from the Raptors. They waive him. So a lot of guys on the buyout market, a lot of teams uh, who have an open spot on their roster or, you know, have a guy that they don't care about and can waive themselves, uh, have a lot of people to look at. But guys not yet mentioned in the buyout market or being waived from their team, but are expected. Um, Kyle Lowry, uh, Marcus Morris, Andre Drummond, Otto Porter Jr., maybe DeLon right um so i don't think that the drama from trade deadline is necessarily over yet just because we are sitting here with a whole bunch of free agents newly hitting the market um and a lot of playoff teams that are looking to you know stir up the back end of their roster get that eighth through 10 rotational piece um so it'll be interesting to see what comes in the next uh few days coming weeks um so we'll stay tuned to that so that is everything and everything and all the trades and all the moves and everything that happened at the deadline heads rolled it's kind of like that song like heads will roll heads will roll on the floor um i think a lot of teams did a lot of things that they needed to do to shore up a playoff position, uh, to shore up the end of, back end of their roster. I mean, the Celtics definitely... I like what they did. Jaden Springer's young, um, on a cheap contract, a lot of potential. Uh, Xavier Tillman, young, gritty, a lot of potential. I don't know about this Ishmael fellow. But knowing Brad, he's young and full of potential. And uh we didn't we didn't spend a lot of money. We moved on from Delano Banson and Lamar Stevens, who very much felt like they needed to be moved on from. Uh didn't really just click with anyone on the team or anything like that. So you have to you have to move some people. You can't get attached to the end of the bench because there's always going to be guys that move with the uh, Brad Stevens team. That just is how it is. <clears throat> but besides the trades, besides any drama or anything going on this week, the Celtics did just, you know, play some good basketball. 
the Celtics had three games this week against the Grizzlies, the Hawks, and the Wizards. Uh, we beat the Grizzlies by 40, beat the Hawks by 8, and beat the Wizards by 4, which is unfortunate how close that is, but whatever. Um, Grizzlies game was Marcus Smart return game. Emotions were insanely high. Um, Mark Smart being back in the building for the first time since he got traded. They played a beautiful tribute video for him. I sobbed. I know most all of us sobbed. Uh, this man loves this city, and this city loves that man. There's no way other. There's no other way to cut it. Um, extremely happy to see him get such a beautiful reception coming back. I mean, he poured nine years of love and trust into this team, uh, and we owed it to him to give him that kind of uh, reception on, on his return. So hats off to the fans and the ownership to do so, honestly. <clears throat> and then, you know, we beat the brakes off his team. That's totally fine. <laughs> uh, that is how it goes. Um, The Hawks game... Yeah, it is what it is. We played against Trey Young and, you know, his crew of, they're so meddling, it hurts. Um, like, yeah, they, they all had, they had Sadiq Bay go off for 25, Trey had 20, uh, Jalen Johnson and uh, Anyeka Okongwu had 19. It wasn't enough. They didn't have enough fire in the uh, gas tank because old man Al had 14 points, 8 assists, and 8 rebounds. Tatum had 20 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, KP went off for 31 points. Derek White went off for 21 points uh, with 6 rebounds and 7 assists. I'm pretty sure Al also had 4 blocks. Let's not forget that. <laughs> um, uh JB put up a 15, 6, and 6 line. And Sam Hauser had 10 points with 5 rebounds. Like, when you have a solid game like that, and I know we only won by, like, what, 8. When you have a solid game like that from everyone, though, you can just tell that it's going to be a W. No matter the score. It, we're going to figure it out. Um, And then, I yeah, it was a close game against the Wizards. I don't really know how to defend or explain that. I really don't. Um, but we won and the Wizards only have nine wins so at the end of the day it is what it is uh, Spencer Evidja Evidja I don't know Spencer, his name's not even Spencer it's Denny, God <laughs> uh, Denny Evidja put up a double-double and had 24 points and uh, 11 rebounds. And Bilal Koulibaly had 21 points and 8 rebounds. And Kyle Kuzma had 17 points. And Tyus Jones had 17 points. And Jordan Poole had 19 points. And Corey Crispert had 24 points. Like, I don't... I, I don't know how you can justify giving up that many points to that many people on the Wizards. Um, we were without, uh, n nobody really like Al played, Chris Dobbs played, Derek White played, JB played. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> um, tight. It was a tight game. Uh, but that's, that's also how it goes in February and March. We were in the dog days of the season. We're just trying to get to the playoffs. We're in that final push. You're going to have some games where you don't look uh, as shiny as you're supposed to. But again, we won. And I don't know. If we lost this game, would I have been more mad about it or the Wizard or the Lakers game? I still think I would have been more pissed about the Lakers game. Even though this team only has nine wins. <laughs> 
But I think I'd still be more pissed off about the Lakers team. That game. Huh. But looking forward, uh, we're still number one in the East. Still kicking. Still rolling. 40 and 12. First team to 40 wins, I believe. Yeah. First team to 40 wins. Beautiful. It's such a nice thing to be at the very, very top. <clears throat> uh, in the upcoming games, let's see what the schedule is for this week. Uh, today, Sunday, when this drops, we play against the Miami Heat at 2 p.m. Uh, then Tuesday against the Nets. Uh, these are both away games. Uh, Wednesday, so a doubleheader. We play against the Nets again, but take it home. Uh, and then we're back on the road Thursday against the Bulls. And back on the road again against the Knicks on Saturday. So a busy week. Uh, five games. And how do I believe... We will break this down. Oh, I read that wrong completely. <laughs> uh, that makes so much more sense. Next weekend's All-Star break. Reading dates is key, guys. That's that's all I got to say. Um, completely wrong. So we are playing the Heat today, Sunday, uh, February 11th in Miami. And then February 13th, we're playing the Nets in Brooklyn. And then February 14th, we're playing the Nets in Boston. Period, the end. And then it is All-Star break. So three games this week. I thought that was a lot to squeeze into one week. Um, Miami is always one of those games. It just is like that's the best way to explain it. Miami is always just one of those games. I, I think we can beat them. I'm very confident that we can beat them. But there are times where Jimmy Butler just kind of goes Jimmy Butler mode. You know what I mean? So, with that being said, if we're going to lose any of these three games, I think the Heat is the most likely. And I think we can definitely beat the Nets in Brooklyn and then beat the Nets again when they come to Boston. <clears throat> I don't want to project a loss against the Heat. But... You're coming off a game where you barely beat the Wizards. The Heat are going to go harder than that. It's just plain and simple. Um, let's see. Did I talk? Did I talk? Did I talk? Did I talk? I think I talked about it all. Going through my list here that Larry drew up for everybody. <clears throat> and yeah. That is all the trades, that is all the injuries, that is all the all-star updates, that is your Celtics updates for the week. The all-star game and all-star weekend are this upcoming weekend, uh, the weekend of, I believe, oh, Friday is February 16th, the weekend of February 16th. Um. Yeah, I mean, the Celtics are sitting pretty at 14 and 12, or 14, <laughs> 40 and 12. Um, can't complain about that. Yeah, we've had some close games. Yeah, we've had some bad L's mixed in there, but only 12 losses going into All-Star break is banner-worthy behavior, I should say. One could say. I don't know. I'm feeling confident as we're rolling forward. Now we have fans are butts about it. But that's going to be this week's episodes. episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as always, I am Marty the Meat Man. We are cross-court coverage. Y'all are the wonderful, beautiful, amazing listeners. The Celtics are 40 and 12. They have three games before the All-Star break. They are perched solely by themselves at first in the East. 
with a five-game lead on the next, which is funny. It's now the Cavaliers, the next team back. And as always, forever and always, go Celtics or go fuck yourself. Peace.